Hey ladies, how you doing out there, you gangsters and you senior citizens of the world? I just want to let you know that I'm here. I'm starting my new podcast with Anchor. It's free, so I thought, why not give it a try? There's creation tools there that allow you to edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. And Anchor will distribute my podcast, so it will be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can also make money from your own podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place, at home. During the coronavirus epidemic, this is where we're going to be. So, it's a mandatory call to action that we... Take anchor. Ago, the FBI announced that it was reopening more than 100 minutes. unsolved murder cases from the civil rights era of the 1950s and 60s. The goal of the Cold Case Initiative was to try and mete out justice in what seemed to be racially motivated killings that were never prosecuted. But the Not many 50-year-old cold cases ever get solved. Memories fade, evidence is lost, witnesses and suspects die or disappear. But that's not the case in the death of Lewis Allen, a mostly forgotten but historically significant murder that helped bring thousands of white college students to Mississippi in the Freedom Summer of 1964. The murder is still unsolved, but the case has never quite gone away, because the chief suspect is very much alive and walking the streets of a town called Liberty. Liberty, Mississippi is a small rural logging town not far from the Louisiana border. The FBI believes that some people here have been keeping a dark secret for nearly 50 years from one of the ugliest periods in the state's history. It was a time when civil rights activists were beaten and arrested, when state and local politics were controlled by all-white citizens' councils, and when people like Lewis Allen were murdered in cold blood without redress. You keep a photo of Lewis Allen on your desk? I do. What? The case bothers me. I feel like we failed, and not just the FBI, but law enforcement. Cynthia Deedle is a 15-year veteran of the FBI's Civil Rights Division and until a few weeks ago was in charge of the Cold Case Initiative. Of the 100 unsolved, racially motivated murders she's been charged with investigating, none has been more promising or frustrating than Lewis Allen's. Somebody knows something. Some husband came home with bloody clothing. Someone got drunk in a bar and said what he was doing last night. Someone knows something. But in the early 1960s, people in and around Liberty knew to keep their mouths shut. A violent chapter of the Ku Klux Klan used cross-burnings, abductions, and murder to enforce the doctrine of white supremacy and to intimidate the black population, most of which lived in shacks with no electricity or plumbing and were not allowed to vote. Civil rights leaders like Robert Moses, who came south to help them register, were frequently the target of violence. Liberty was not a place that I liked to go. Why? Because it was a place where you weren't safe if you were doing voter registration work. It was in Liberty that Moses met Lewis Allen, a rough-hewn World War II veteran who walked proud and was not afraid to stand up for himself. He ran a small timber business, was one of the few blacks in Liberty to own his own land, and always wore a hat 
which he considered a sign of self-respect. He was not the type to seek out trouble. Robert Moses says it found him. He was at the wrong place at the wrong time. He saw something that happened, and he was deeply disturbed and affected by that. So he had a, a basic life decision to make. On September 25, 1961, Allen was walking past this old cotton gin when he saw something that likely got him killed. Lewis Allen witnessed a powerful state legislator by the name of E. H. Hurst shoot and kill an unarmed black man named Herbert Lee. Allen told his friends and family that he and other eyewitnesses had been pressured into lying about the shooting, into saying that it was self-defense. Later, Allen decided that he needed to tell the truth. One of the people Lewis Allen told it to was Julian Bond, who was trying to register black voters in Mississippi. For the Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee, he would later become a legendary civil rights leader. This was not a self-defense action uh, by the state representative. This was out-and-out out murder. That's all it was. But Lewis Allen agreed to lie about that. Why do you think he lied? He lied because he was in fear of his life. If he had implicated a powerful white man in a murder of a black man, then he was risking his life. Did you encourage him to tell the truth? I tried to encourage him to tell the truth, but I, you know it was like saying. Why don't you volunteer to be killed? But Allen's wife would later testify that his conscience was clipping him, and he decided to tell FBI agents and the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights what really happened at the Cotton Gin. This document from FBI files says Allen changed his story and expressed fear that he might be killed. He asked for protection, but none was provided. Almost immediately, word began circulating in Liberty that Lewis Allen was prepared to change his testimony. He was threatened、um, as a result of the fact that he was going to change his statement, that he did change his statement. And the FBI was notified of those threats. Yes. Did the FBI do anything? Yes, we referred that to local law enforcement authorities. It's certainly possible to conclude the local law enforcement people were the ones behind the threats. There is a theory out there that, that speaks to that. Yes. In fact, it's been the prevailing theory for some time, although the FBI cannot officially confirm it. There is a 1961 reference in the FBI file to a report that Allen was to be killed, and the local sheriff was involved in the plot to kill him. And we found this 1962 letter from Robert Moses to Assistant Attorney General John Doerr, alleging the same thing. They're after him in a mid county. It says it makes reference to a plot by the sheriff and seven other men. He was afraid of the sheriff's department. I think he was, yes. And I think he was afraid of the Klan. Although they seem to be sort of the same well, thing, Julian Bond was less circumspect. The law enforcement you suspected they were members of. You wanted to be a mayor, a city councilman, a county commissioner, a sheriff. You wanted to be in the legislature. You had to have some connection with the Klan. And in the Amit County Sheriff's Department, the person with the best connection was Deputy Sheriff Daniel Jones. His father was the exalted Cyclops of the local clan, and Jones himself, according to this FBI document we found, was suspected of being a clan member. Jones, who's alive and still resides in Liberty, was recently visited by FBI agents who wanted him to take a lie detector test. What was he like? Well, 
Maine. Hank Allen was 17 years old when his father was killed, and he remembers Daniel Jones as his main tormentor. He says he watched Jones harass and repeatedly arrest his father on trumped-up charges, and one night beat him outside their home. And uh, he had handcuffed him, told him he was under arrest. So Dad asked for his hat. Told Dad, no, you can't go get your hat. Dad said, well, Dad, my son is on the porch. Can he bring me my hat? He dogged back. He took a flashlight. And he struck my dad and broke his jawbone. Handcuffed. When he got out of jail, Lewis Allen did something that was unheard of for a black man in Mississippi. He went to the FBI and lodged a complaint against Deputy Sheriff Jones and testified before a federal grand jury. The case was thrown out, and the situation in Liberty continued to deteriorate. They stopped selling daddy gas in the town. They stopped buying his logs. They just more or less just tried to blackball him. It got to the point, the harassment and just him not being able to survive in Liberty, that he decided to leave and to go work in another state. And it's the night before he is due to leave that he is killed. Lewis Allen was ambushed here on a cold night in January 1964 after getting out of his truck to open the cattle gate that led to his property. His son Hank was the one who found him. I didn't know why he would park the truck in the middle of the driveway and leave it like that. Mm -hmm. And I climbed up in the truck. The headlights was real dim. And when I went to step down out the truck, I stepped on something. And that's when I stepped on my, my, my daddy's hand. Uh, he was lying up on the truck. He was killed with two blasts of deer shot to the head. The investigating officer was none other than the newly elected sheriff, Daniel Jones, who Hank said made it clear to the family why his father had been murdered. He told my mom that if Lewis had just shut his mouth, that he wouldn't be laying there on the ground. He wouldn't be dead. You think Sheriff Jones did it? Yes, indeed. By all means. If he didn't do it, he was the entrepreneur of it. Jones told the newspapers he was unable to find a single clue. How would you characterize the investigation that Sheriff Jones conducted? He did not develop any fingerprints, any physical evidence, and he never developed any suspects. Not a great investigation. Probably could. Every morning, I take one scoop of Organifi green juice, mix it up in a glass of water, and congratulations, you just had 11 of the world's healthiest superfoods in seven seconds of work. And unlike a lot of those other green juices, this stuff actually tastes amazing. First, however, allow me to introduce myself. I'm Drew Canoli, the founder of Organifi and the CEO of FitLife TV. See, I love cool fruits, vegetables, and herbs that make your body healthy. Our goal in making the green juice was so simple. We wanted you to be able to have the 11 of the world's healthiest superfoods in just seven seconds of work. You've already heard about a few of them. Spirulina, the protein pack craving stopper that forces your body to shed weight and become a slimmer without counting those calories or running marathons. Ashwagandha, the stress-reducing herb that soothes away wrinkles and blemishes, leaving you with that skin and hair that maybe you once had when you were a 20-year-old. Well, Matcha tea, the antioxidant-loaded green tea that gives you as much energy as coffee. I could have done more. In fact, it's not clear that anyone investigated Lewis Allen's murder until 1994, when Plater Robinson, an historian at the Southern Institute at Tulane University, began digging into it. From day one in Liberty, people told me that Daniel Jones and a colored man killed Lewis Allen. Robinson has spent 17 years combing through archives and tracking down people to interview. 
One of them was an elderly preacher named Alfred Knox. Knox told Robinson in a 1998 tape-recorded conversation that his son-in-law, Archie Weatherspoon, was with Sheriff Daniel Jones when Allen was murdered. My son-in-law went with him. To kill Lewis Allen? To kill Lewis Allen. He didn't know where he was going, so he got in the car. And he said, would you pull the trigger? Would you shoot him? He said, no, I'm going to do it. And what my son-in-law said, I ain't going to shoot him. Both Knox and his son-in-law took their stories to the grave, but Plater Robinson says the answer to who killed Lewis Allen can still be found in Liberty. A lot of people are dead, but there's still a number of significant people still alive. Like who, besides Sheriff Jones? Well, Charles Ravencraft, he lives down the road. He's quite healthy. We found Charles Ravencraft at the Liberty Drugstore, presiding over a coffee clutch of old-timers, some of whom were around when Lewis Allen was murdered. For years, Ravencraft was sergeant-at-arms of the Mississippi legislature, and at the time of Lewis Allen's murder, vice president of the Americans for the Preservation of the White Race in Liberty, a front group for the Ku Klux Klan. Was it around, Charles? What was that? Klan. Sure. Were any of you guys in it? It wasn't about a clown. Don't tell everybody what he's been before. Ravencraft indicated that he hadn't lost much sleep over Lewis Allen's murder and told us he had no idea who killed him. To find a single clue. How would you characterize the investigation that Sheriff Jones conducted? He did not develop any fingerprints, any physical evidence, and he never developed any suspects. Not a great investigation. Probably could have done more. In fact, it's not clear that anyone investigated Lewis Allen's murder until 1994, when Plater Robinson, an historian at the Southern Institute at Tulane University, began digging into it. From day one in Liberty, people told me that Daniel Jones and a colored man killed Lewis Allen. Robinson has spent 17 years combing through archives and tracking down people to interview. One of them was an elderly preacher named Alfred Knox. Knox told Robinson in a 1998 tape-recorded conversation that his son-in-law, Archie Weatherspoon, was with Sheriff Daniel Jones when Allen was murdered. My son-in-law went with him. To kill Lewis Allen? To kill Lewis Allen. He didn't know where he was going until he got in the car. And he said... Both Knox and his son-in-law took their stories to the grave, but Plater Robinson says the answer to who killed Lewis Allen can still be found in Liberty. A lot of people are dead, but there's still a number of significant people still alive. Like who? Besides well, I don't Sheriff understand Jones. Well, Charles man just fucking told he lives down the road. Who killed He's Lewis Allen? Healthy. But yet you're we still looking Charles for Ravencraft who killed Lewis Allen. Store, presiding over a no coffee clutch of old timers, some of whom were around when Lewis Allen was murdered. People in this area still don't do much talking. For years, Ravencraft was sergeant-at-arms of the Mississippi legislature, and at the time of Lewis Allen's murder, vice president of the Americans for the Preservation of the White Race in Liberty, a front group for the Ku Klux Klan. Was it around, Charles? 
vice president of the Americans for the Preservation of the White Race and Liberty, a front group for the Ku Klux Klan. Was it around, Charles? Klan. Sure. Were any of you guys in it? Ravencraft indicated that he hadn't lost much sleep over Lewis Allen's murder and told us he had no idea who killed him. No, I don't. He lived a lot longer than I thought he did. Kind of felt like a little bit over there. I don't think he should have rights had anything to do with it. Winborn Sullivan wasn't around when Lewis Allen was killed, but he ran the Liberty Drugstore for 36 years. I think there are people who know what happened and who did it, and they're very, and they, but they're not willing to talk about it, and they won't talk about it. You'll, you'll never find out. They told us they don't see much of former Sheriff Daniel Jones these days. He spends most of his time on his property just off the state highway. We decided to approach him with our cameras concealed on the off chance he might give something up. After waiting for a half an hour on the porch, he rolled up in an all-terrain vehicle with his wife. Hello. Chlorella is absolutely one of my favorite. This is Monterey that's not Chlorella. Oh, yeah. Chlorella, this is Asgana. Where's the Chlorella? If you've ever been to Whole Foods with me. Okay. 60 Minutes in New York, we're down here working on a story on an old case of yours and was wondering if you'd have some time to talk to us about it. No, sir, I don't believe so. You don't think so? No, sir. The Lewis Allen case. Man, don't talk about it, remember? He was polite and cordial. Said he didn't want to talk, but he kept on talking. There was some bad blood between you and uh, and, and Lewis, right? It was not no bad blood between them. Apparently, uh, I'm talking more when I need to, but I'm, uh, the truth sometimes has a way of slipping out if you try to keep it covered up. Mm -hmm. Were you in the clan? Again, oh, I won't answer that one. I the clan don't talk about Jones it, just like I said. I told you I don't care to discuss it anymore, uh -huh. and you just keep coming to your <laughs> well, educated approach. No, it's not my educated approach. Look, you haven't told me to get off your property. I just asked me one, uh, one last question. Okay, be sure it's the last one. Can you look behind and say you weren't involved in it? No, sir, I wasn't involved in it. Well, you know, Sheriff, sure, you could clear this up with a lie detector test. The theory that <laughs> Sheriff Jones White motherfuckers don't killed play. Lewis Allen has been in the public domain for quite some time. The FBI would be remiss White in our duties if we did not pursue that theory. And it's still just a theory, a circumstantial case based on motive, suspicions, hearsay, and the words of dead people. There's no forensic evidence, no murder weapon, no eyewitnesses, and only one FBI agent working the case part-time. My name is the black Cynthia man Dino. just told you his son-in-law did it Rouge, with the sheriff. Out some new leads Damn. Journalists, activists, and students you gotta be fucking kidding me. I solved the murder. But there Another was some in the audience who still mistrust the FBI. Got me fucked up.
These Democrats, and I'm sorry to say this, I'm not trying to be racist, but they hate black people. These are the same people who have fought to keep slavery in. These are the same people who built the KKK. These are the same people who hated us from the beginning. The Republican Party is the party of the blacks. Blacks free, the Republican Party is the only party that the black people actually assisted. I remember my teacher. But all of that history has been torn away. People when I say, was oh, little, there was a big switch. There was never a, a big switch. Fifth, the union, sixth the union grade. won because we had grown in the I know I was in junior era. high school because so I was So we were able to get trains and get supplies back to our soldiers while the Confederates were uh, still riding horses. I they told were my to white teacher that I was a Republican. So what happened was once a slave was abolished in the South, people in the South could no longer make their money from slaves. He said, well, I never heard of that. And he convinced me at that very moment in my life that already had established themselves in the industry in the South. And so that's where it was a chance for people coming from the South to the North. that there were no black Republicans. There was never a big switch. So the same Democrats who hated black people from the beginning are the same ones who hate us now. And they use our cause, why the Black Lives Matter, turn into something about LGBT people. I thought my life was in danger or something. I was like, shit, okay, I'm a Democrat. Now we don't support abortion. Anyway, crazy black lady. Oh, he said, How long have you been waiting on Jesus? She said, Black lives can't save you. Black lives matter can't save you. Now she got the Muslims on her face. punch this bitch in her throat. I'm done. I wasn't trying to add anything to it, but just to let you know, the lady in the video should have got punched in the throat. I'm just saying. She's at a Black Lives Matter rally talking about Jesus. <laughs> a white guy. Or is he white? I, I don't even know how to, to just feel like that's just out of place. Even if he was white, or, it doesn't matter. He saved my life. 
for the idea of him saved my life. The words from the prayer, Our Father. So wherever that originated from, that saved my life once. But, I mean, literally. And so I can't disagree with the woman. However, to come to the Black Lives Matter rally yelling about Jesus Christ can is the only thing that can save you. It makes it seem as if she's saying that they're all demons and oh, you need God, you need God. Okay, well, we all know that, but we're talking about saving lives now, not A, B, or D, C, or however that went, A, C, D, C, after Christ, before Christ, A, you know, um, well, I don't know, maybe she was right to put that in there, but I think she could have said something more to the effect of, Jesus Christ can help you with your plight. As well, now I'm getting pissed off again. I don't even know what to say because that just sounds like some white people sent some niggas up in there to start some shit. Straight up. And then she's yelling about Trump this and Republicans are better and Democrats are you know hate black people and okay now with that being said the reason why I am confused even though I can't testify that the words saved my life Jesus Christ saved my life more than once that's I, I, or, or either it was just a hell of a coincidence or excuse me, see, that, you know, I felt his presence at the time my life had been either saved or restored or uh, preserved. So, with that being said, but the lady was very volatile to me, so contradictory. In in some aspect. I don't even know if she was right. Saying that the KKK started the Democrats. And and blacks started Republicans. And that is what I've been hearing. But. uh, Adding Jesus Christ to that. I mean. We all have heard the stories. About how history has been made and changed and rewritten by the white man who has oppressed the black man for so many thousands of years Um, or if that's exaggeration hundreds of years just so that you don't take out of context what I'm saying with that being said the bible was uh, presented to the black man the african from Africa to America as a way of uh, subduing him into per- submissiveness and 
that the Bible oh, was so holy, but if you read it as a black man, you would get beat half to death. Uh, you had to have the white person, I guess, read it to you. I don't, I don't know how they planned to, to, to do that, but um, <clears throat> as one, I think James Baldwin would say, uh, they took the Africans off the boat and then put in front of them a gun, a Bible, and a cross. Which one do you want? This gun or this Bible? Okay. Now, with that being said, I would not relate the Bible to Jesus Christ if, in fact, Jesus Christ is not a... Um... Um... Um, morph from the Bible. Okay, so now you're com- confused, uh, confusing me with the idea that if, in fact, the white man created the Bible, then that means Jesus Christ isn't real. It's just a fi- fictional character. Um... How do you get that into spirits and souls and feelings? And what a fictional character that is to have lasted through all these years, throughout all these years, through all the changes in technology, through, you know, the Bible being written on linen, whatever, whatever, weird material to now computers. And I mean, we've just developed so much, but yet one thing has never never changed. One book has never been altered. Okay, one time. The New Testament and the Old Testament, but the stories themselves have not changed. The story of Jesus Christ has not changed. It's just been told in different ways by different people or different characters if it's not real. So, I don't know. I'm confused with that in itself. But for her to step into... So, for her to step into the middle of 2020 Black Lives Matter rally where people are protesting being killed, hung, dragged, stepped on, choked out, shot in the back, lynched, and raped. You want to step in the middle talking about y'all need Jesus. What the fuck is wrong with you, bitch? That's why I said you need to be punched in the throat. And I'm out.